If at any point throughout the broadcast you hear a topic you would like to discuss or feel you have a tidbit that you could contribute, please don't hesitate to call in. I would absolutely love it. It would make my day. How about you, Brandon? Would it make your day? I don't really care. Great! The number to call is 718-928-9RFB. Again, that's 718-928-9732. And you know what? Even if you just want to call in and say hello, or better yet, call in and say, You suck! Go ahead. It would be just as delightful. Now on with the show. Mm-mm. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so as I said at the very beginning of the show, today was opening day of the Major League Baseball season. A national holiday it should be, but it is not. Um, I, You know, there's a national holiday for almost everything. I think there's National Peanut Butter Day, there's National Grapefruit Day, there's National, I don't know, uh, there's Siblings Day, there's, a, there's really pretty, if you go to the calendar of national holidays, you can truly find... Every single day is National Something Day. Um, but today was opening day, and it was very exciting uh, until I actually watched the game. Uh, you see, so I'm a huge fan of the Kansas City Royals. Yes, that's right, the 2015 World Series champions. Did you remember that? Does anyone remember that? Um, here's the thing. I, as a Royals fan, and as a Midwesterner in general, um, I think it's kind of interesting you see i having lived in brooklyn in new york city for almost almost seven years now uh i kind of you know i feel like a new yorker a real new yorker but i am um, obviously still have strong emotional ties to the midwest and that's really my home i'll just say that that's really where i'm from and that's that will always be home and that's you know i still go back and visit all the time families there good friends are there but it is funny because I do notice that a lot of Midwesterners, Royals fans, talk about this East Coast bias about almost, really almost everything. I mean, when the Chiefs or the Royals or whatever are terrible, people get mad that they don't ever get covered at all. Um, when the Chiefs or the Royals, really the Royals, they've been really good more recently than the Chiefs have, people get mad because they aren't getting enough coverage or they're getting kind of negative coverage or something like that and I think it's a little overblown I really do but um I was listening to of all things the other day I was listening to um the podcast called 1947 which is a podcast hosted by Chuck Todd the moderator of Meet the Press on NBC and um he the 1947 podcast is like a shorter it's called 1947 because that's when Meet the Press first started to air yeah it's a really old show and his guest on this particular uh episode was jason stark who's a sports writer for espn and he particularly i think covers i think he covers baseball only but i was listening i love baseball i knew opening day was on the horizon and so i took a listen and a lot of things it was a very short interview it was like the whole podcast was like 20 minutes long but i noticed right away that a lot of the things they were saying were, were kind of like you know a little derogatory towards certain franchises and certain areas of the country if i'm being honest but i thought you know what 
maybe maybe I'm just being a sensitive Royals fan. For example, here's something that bothered me that might sound a little crazy to you. Might sound a little crazy that it bothered me to you. It does seem as if the uniform stuff has at least retreated a little bit, right? So you got guys with beards. We're seeing some individuality in baseball that we hadn't seen in decades. So there is a small change, no? I would go to the point of the Cubs. And, you know, not only did the Cubs win the World Series, it's how they won it. It's how they reacted to winning it. It's how willing that group of players was to share it. They then they then did the rounds of of all the talk shows, but <laughs> they made they made the rounds right. right from Ellen to the Tonight Show. They right. they did what they needed to do Saturday Night Live, and they tweeted up a storm. They had fun with each other. They let the world in, and I, I mean, what what do fans want? They want access they want players who get that and i feel like the cubs represent an enormous opportunity for the sport all right now let me just say here's why that bothered me a little bit um the cubs won the world series in 2016 which obviously is more recent than 2015 i get that so if that was the only reason that he thought of them fine but the things he said he also he went on to say that they had such, that these players had such personality on the Cubs. I mean, they were all great friends, and you, they reached out to their community. Um, may, Maybe, I guess, I guess, here's the storyline with the Cubs. The reason they were so popular last year is because the Cubs have sucked for so long. The Cubs have sucked longer than any other team on the face of the planet. And that's great. I'm glad that they won. I love Chicago. I have family in Chicago, huge Cubs fans. I'm happy for the Cubs. But the things he was saying, that they let people in, uh, going on The Tonight Show, going on Saturday Night Live or Ellen, that's not unusual for sports, for athletes who have just won a championship. Every, Every team does that. The Royals... They went on The Tonight Show. They went on whatever show they were invited on because who was going to be like, no, who's going to turn that down? What? How is that making you any more like embraceive of the community? It doesn't. It doesn't even make sense. But the fact that what he was talking about with letting people in and reaching out to the community and having personalities, I'm sorry. When the Royals won a, I can't remember which playoff game it was, but there was a time last year, or the year, not last year, but in 2015, maybe 2014, but it was one of those two years, when the Royals won a huge game, and they it was a home game. And Eric Hosmer, the first baseman of the Royals, tweeted out, this was for you, Kansas City. Come to McFadden's, a bar downtown in Kansas City, and celebrate with us. It's all on us. This is your night. And he did, and he paid the bill, the bar bill, for any and every Kansas Cityan that came to that bar to celebrate. That is letting the community in. That is being embraceive. I mean, and so it's just, it's just funny to me because it struck me, not that he was saying nice things about the Cubs, but it struck me that he was 
talking particularly about letting people in and having so much fun and being such good friends. Those things in particular are so, so characteristic of, of this Royals team. And no one ever mentioned that when they won the World Series. No one ever mentioned that at all. And I would argue, and I think I would win this argument, that doing what Eric Hosmer did, tweeting out to Kansas Cityans to come out to a specific bar, and then once they do get there and celebrate, paying the bar tab. And by the way, when the Royals fans got there, it wasn't just Eric Hosmer. It was Eric Hosmer, Salvador Perez, Mike Moustakis. Um, it was it was a it was the bulk of the core players there to celebrate with the community. I would argue that that is more awesome and rare than going on television call me crazy but here's what really got me all right are you ready for what really got me because here it is that little comment that they were making took place probably early on in the in the interview but i even thought to myself what you may be thinking perhaps i'm being too sensitive then a little later they said this this is a, a cultural issue, the culture of baseball. But there's so many great young stars now in their 20s, all those Cubs players. This is the time to get Well, and it's major markets, too. We're not talking about the Royals anymore. No offense to, to my friends at Kansas City. You son of a bitch. Uh-huh. You, I mean, seriously, I had to turn it off right then and right there. Oh, those mother... This is a, a cultural issue, the culture of baseball, but there's so many great young stars now in their 20s, all those Cubs players. This is the time to get Well, and it's major markets, too. We're not talking about the Royals anymore. No offense to, to my friends at Kansas City. You son of a bitch. All right, so... What's interesting as well is that what these guys were talking about, the context of that comment, was they were talking about the culture of baseball and how people are turning away from it. It's no longer America's most popular sport. Um, well, saying shit like that about a team that just won the World Series in 2015, and Jason Stark, a baseball writer for ESPN, to hear him say, you know, we're not talking about the Royals anymore, and then to say, yeah, no kidding. I mean, I'm sorry, but I thought, now granted, I'm a Royals fan, I was, you know, it's, maybe I'm biased. I am biased. But this team, the Royals went to the World Series two years in a row. They were, the the wild card game the Royals played in, in 2014, versus the uh, Oakland Athletics, is... And will always be not just the most exciting, awesome baseball game I've ever seen, but probably the most exciting, awesome uh, sporting event I will ever see. The Royals, if you don't remember, um, they were playing the Oakland Athletics in the wild card game. A wild card game, for those if you're not a huge baseball fan out there, is a single elimination game that two teams who did pretty well in the regular season, but not quite well enough to make the playoffs. They play each other for that last playoff spot. It's a single-game elimination. You win, you're in the playoffs. You lose, your season's over. And I will never forget it. It was the most riveting thing ever, but it started out as the worst thing ever. See, when this game was played, 
It was 2014, and the Royals hadn't been to the playoffs since 1985. What? Yes. 1985. You know what that means? It means I had never seen the Royals in the playoffs, ever. We had season tickets to the Royals growing up. I loved going to games because, hey, it was great to take friends and just use it as a time to hang out and chit-chat. There was never a lot of people there. They were just god-awful. So this was exciting. This was very exciting, and I'd been following very closely all along, all season long, and this was their moment. They were playing the Oakland Athletics. Our starter was James Shields. Their starter was John Lester. Especially now, you know, back then, John Lester was better than James Shields, and certainly now he's looked at as much better than James Shields. But we believed in James Shields, and we were it was in our park, and it was we were going to win. I wish I had brought my notebook because I actually took notes during this game. Uh, but, and I'm going to get a few facts wrong here because I don't have my notebook in front of me. But basically what happened was the Royals went down. They were losing probably by one or two runs early in the game. Then they came back and they tied it. And they might have even pulled ahead. They did pull ahead. I think at one point it was like three to two, we were winning. Then, at a critical moment in the fifth inning, maybe, Ned Yost, the manager of the Royals, he was then, he is now, he did something that was so outrageous that I, I still, I still haven't, I really haven't forgiven him. And frankly, when this happened, other people agreed with me. I, I looked at this, this manager for the Kansas City Royals, and, 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 yeah. and I said, he should be fired. Right. Um, what he did was James Shields, who was probably at 70, 80 pitches, so not that much, he was pitching well. He had actually found his groove. Well, Ned Yost panicked because I think he had there was one runner on with one out or something. And he panicked, and he went to the bullpen, and he brought in Jordano Ventura, who has since passed away, very tragically. But Jordano Ventura, especially at the time, was like 22 years old, 22 or 23. He was a starter. He was a rookie. He had never been, he had never pitched in relief. And this was the game. This was the game. I mean, it was like there couldn't be a higher pressure situation. Ned Yost goes to Jordano Ventura, and immediately he gives up a home run. Suddenly we're losing. And it didn't, it, oh boy, it didn't end there. I believe the A's scored like five or six runs in that inning. And suddenly, sixth inning or something, we were down like three to eight or something. And I was watching on my computer at a coffee shop. I didn't want to be with people. I wanted to be alone because it was, I was, it was that intense. And then... I couldn't watch after that. I was so angry because I, 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 I truly saw that coming. And I was so angry at Ned Yost and I, I was so mad. I still do this, by the way. Like, I can't, this is my problem as a sports fan. I get so mad and worked up. I got mad and worked up today. My team lost and I can't believe it. And I'm so pissed. But I was so angry that I had to leave. I closed my computer. I packed up. I left. And every now and then I would glance at my phone, glance at the game. And I saw, you know, it was still like the eighth inning, ninth inning, and we were still losing by a lot. But I saw a little bit of creeping back, a little bit of run here, run there. Long story, not quite as long, 
We tied it up in the ninth, ended up winning that game. In extra innings, it was the most exciting, awesome game I had ever seen and I will probably ever see. And it led me to make some make this for a podcast I went on to host. I want to congratulate the Royals fans. The running Royals. I got to admit, I love these Royals, man. They're going to attack. They're going to get on base. You know, Kansas City would be running, and they were doing just that. Hosmer is going to end up at third base. I love their guts from Hosmer to Kane. I mean, even Ventura. It was special to watch. It was special to watch. I loved every moment of it. This is about as good as it's ever been. Bouncing ball, Moustakis, fair ball, sets, throws, Royals win it! And the Royals win it! Unbelievable! Kansas City special. Kansas City, you've got a World Series. Yes, yes. Oh, God. And you know what? So I recently hosted a uh, an episode right here on The Next Best Thing, an episode called The Best Voices of All Time. Well, I almost included that last voice you heard, that Kansas City, you've got a World Series, because that's Denny Matthews, who uh, has been the Royals announcer since the day they were born since the day the Royals became a, a team in 19, oh God, uh, 69, something like that. He, be, he was, he's been the announcer for every season. Now that Vin Scully has retired, he is the longest serving announcer currently in Major League Baseball. And I love his voice and I can usually do a very good impression, but right now I cannot. Um, so yeah, that was very exciting. And as we all know, the Royals went on to win every single playoff game after that and get to the World Series. They battled with the um, San Francisco Giants and lost. Oh, God. They lost in Game 7. It was too bad. Then the next year, 2015, they came roaring back, won 95 games, had the best record in the American League, went on to play in the World Series again for a second consecutive year and kicked the crap out of your New York Mets and it was so glorious, I can barely contain myself. And yet, so that was 2015. And again, and yet again, it seems almost like people have already written them off as being the bad news bears royals that they were in the 90s. I, I don't, I just don't understand it. Um, I really don't. Because, you know, last year they were ravaged by injuries. And they finished third in their division. I get it. I mean, trust me, I was disappointed too. But the fact of the matter is this is a new season. They're all fresh. Um, the same core team, you know, the bulk of that team that won the World Series in 2015 is still here, is still on this team. And yet people are talking about them like, not only are they acting like they don't have, they have really no shot of doing anything exciting or really good this season but as you heard chuck todd and jason stark do they're almost resentful of the fact that they had to talk about them in the first place two years ago those sons of bitches that's all i can say that's why so you know 
that's why there's this East Coast bias thing that people who don't live on the coasts feel because because the fact of the matter is stuff like that happens and stuff like that exists and there is perhaps an east coast bias or maybe big markets i mean whatever they're talking about baseball do you know how excited kansas i mean two years ago i went home to visit i usually go once at least once during the summer when i went home during that year after they had made the World Series and during their year when they were really on that great run, that city was lit up. I mean, like I've never seen such excitement, such community, like something that they were. I mean, there it was Royals fever there, baseball fever there. I grew up going to Royals games and those games were never very crowded and the teams were never very good. Seeing Coffin Stadium on TV jam-packed every night, that excited a city, that ignited a passion for baseball in the Midwest again. And here they are shitting on them, talking like, well, they don't matter. The only people who matter are, and, he, and Chuck Todd went on to say this. He was like, we're not talking about the Royals anymore, you know, but the Yankees, the Cubs, the Nationals, who, frankly, what have the Nationals accomplished ever? in their life truly the the nationals are a very young team they've made the playoffs once or twice they've never accomplished jack squat so that's where that media bias thing comes in i'm sorry to tell you but it's just the truth so it's funny because what i was planning to talk about here today was how i do believe I strongly believe that the Royals are being underestimated this year. And frankly, you know what? That's okay. The Royals like being underestimated. That's where they're comfortable. That's where, where that's when they do their best. Everyone, no one expected them to do anything in 2014. And frankly, going into 2015, people thought they wouldn't do much. There was all, there was all this talk about how it was a fluke, how it was never going to be repeated. Well, suck on it because then they went on to win the world series and they crushed the crap out of your new york mets and frankly uh the new york mets were pathetic and i'm just gonna say that you can say that the new york nets gave it away but frankly the royals were the better team that year and the mistakes made by some of the mets players in that world series were were just awful but what i was going to talk about here today was how I am predicting, I was going to make a bold prediction that they, the Royals would come back and really surprise people this year for their last big run before most of the core from that championship team goes off and becomes free agents. Well, today was not. I, it's hard for me to say that after the game I watched today. You see, today was opening day, something that's supposed to be celebratory and glorious. I just hit the mic with my chin because I'm so excited. And, well, it wasn't. It was very exciting and glorious going right into the sixth inning. We played the Twins. The Twins suck. The Twins, not only do you have to do the Twins suck, but the Twins have sucked for a long time, and they're in the Royals division, and the Royals have owned their asses for years. Well, today, everything got off to a good start. Danny Duffy, our pitcher, pitched very well. Uh, he wasn't quite as efficient as I had hoped, but he didn't give up any runs in six innings. And Mike Moustakis, who's just coming back from a an ACL tear last season, he 
started the year off with a home run. We were up 1-0. to zero. Okay, we're going to win this game. Well, then we had to go to our bullpen. Our bullpen, who for the last number of years has been locked down probably the best in all of Major League Baseball. And immediately, things went south. It was like the second we brought a reliever in, all of a sudden it was like, Here's the pitch. Oh, shit. Exactly. (laughs) And it's too bad because the first pitcher that they brought in was Matt Strom, who's a young guy who kind of came out of nowhere last year and pitched really well for us. I just don't understand it. He did not do well today. He gave up a hit, then walked a guy. Ned Yost took him out, brought in Travis Wood, who used to play for the Cubs, played for the Cubs last year, Cubs, 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 Cubs. And he walked like three guys in a goddamn row. They walked in runs, both of them. And then they brought in someone else. It's funny because actually the first guy Ned Yost brought in after Matt Strom, who gave up a run, was this reliever named Peter Moylan, who's an older veteran. He throws side-armed, and he struck a guy out. So he seems to be pitching well. Let's stick with him. He can get the next out. Ned Yost doesn't feel that way. didn't feel that way. So he took him out and brought in Travis Wood, who walked like five guys in a goddamn row and really let the game get out of hand. Not only did he walk five guys in a row, not quite. It was truly, though, I think he walked three guys in a row, walked in two runs. So now we're, we were up one to zero. We're now down like one to three or four. And then he gives up a hit. So before you know it, it's like six to one. And we lose opening day to the goddamn twins. I mean, yikes. So it is hard for me to sit here today and be like, you know what? We're going to be great. We're coming back. We're going to kick some ass because we did give it up today. We choked. We choked hard. But at the same time, it's just one game. The first game of um, the first game of 162. So I think it is a little early to get down in the dumps. Don't you think? Yes. Dang it. I'm sorry, I'm just checking out now. And the Cleveland Indians, who people seem to think are the goddamn best team on the face of the earth because they lost the World Series last year, um, they won. They beat the Texas Rangers. So, not great. Um, But you know what? Hey, I think we'll be just fine. I do think we'll be just fine. I think today was a hiccup. I think today was unfortunate. It was too bad to see our bullpen, which was so always the reliable factor of our team totally just kind of choked today but the thing is is that I can't allow this stuff this is the problem this is my problem and this is what I was really going to talk about because I need I, I am so I get so emotional about these games like when the when the Chiefs lost when the Kansas City Chiefs lost that playoff game in the divisional round of last year's playoffs against the Steelers, I was so mad. I had to leave my sister's apartment. I mean, I, I need to I need to kind of get a hold of myself. But I it's good to know that at the very least, I'm not the only one. No, I'm not the only one. 
Um, th- this is the the San Jose Sharks, actually. Who is this? A this is a hockey team, or a... yeah, hockey team. Okay. And th- like, I, I'm pretty strongly identified with with hockey to begin with. Like, I play hockey. My dad has played hockey his entire life. Um, and the Sharks started in the Bay Area. Like when I was 10 years old, the Sharks are my favorite favorite creature by a long way. And so <laughs> I've rooted for them forever. And for like the last like six years, they've been really good. Every year they're picked at the beginning of the year to go to the Stanley Cup, maybe to win the Stanley Cup. And every year they fall short. And so in 2007, they were in the playoffs. The Sharks are the top seed. They're playing the eight seed, which also is Anaheim, which is probably their biggest rival. And they lose. And I remember driving home from the ice rink. It's probably about midnight. And it was a really pretty night out. Like the city lights and they're like shimmering on the water and there's always these tankers out like parked in the bay. There's like the silhouettes of the boats and the Oakland coastline and the San Francisco shoreline. And like this is everything that makes me happy in the world. Eric says usually when he sees that view, no matter how he's feeling, he's like, okay, everything's going to be good. It's going to be fine because that is one beautiful city. But that night, I was so angry that I, I remember noticing this like this like beautiful scene and thinking, burn! <laughs> I hate this. I hate everything about it. Burn down in flames. Like I, that's embarrassing. The fact that these guys that I don't know lost a hockey game in Dallas that has the power to override everything I think I like about myself. And just turn me into this, like, drooling, savage, angry beast. And I don't like that. Well, that's what sports do. And they certainly do it to me. I don't know if I've ever... I don't know if I've ever wanted an entire city to burn to the ground, psycho. But I do get very... Like, okay, here's another example of something that really shouldn't happen. Last year... uh, This was last year, so it was immediately following our, our... World Series winning season. I went to a Mets game with a good friend of mine who loves the Mets. He's a huge Mets fan. We went to a Mets game here in New York City. And I wore my Royals jersey. He wore his Mets stuff. It was a Mets home game. Blah, blah, blah. And my team lost. The Royals lost. And it was like, it was one of those games where the lead kept going kind of back and forth. And it was just, it was funny how obviously, like I noticed it. When we would we up, I was talkative, I was happy, I was outgoing, I was nice, I was tracking jokes, everything was great. It was a beautiful day. The second we would give up a run, or when we'd fall behind especially, suddenly my arms cross, I lean back in my chair, I'm pretty quiet, and it just changes my whole mood and everything. It cha- you know, like, I was so pissed. I was like... Oh, man. And that's happened many times. That's a very tiny example. And it happens in absurd situations. Okay, so that's one thing. I'm at the game. I'm with a friend. I really want to win. Today, I was teaching, for God's sake. I was with little kids. And I, the second I saw that the Royals went down a run, suddenly I'm there, like, you know, talking to the kids. I'm being funny and nice and playing a game. And then suddenly I'm like, all right, come on. Like, no, just, I asked you to do that. Get it done. Come on, let's do it. Come on. <laughs> I change. I'm like, don't you know that we're losing? Come on, Jesus, get it done. What's wrong with you? I mean, everything cha- I mean, yeah, I just get very emotional. I get very into it. Um, it is emotional. 
it is emotional, and I do love this team. I do want them to do well. Um, I think they'll do better than today. They better, because goddamn. The tw- you know, they're never going to play a worse team than the Twins. And, you know, Travis Wood was a good reliever last year for the Cubs. Matt Strom was a good reliever last year for us. I, I don't know what I don't know what happened today, but we gotta got we gotta get that worked out. We gotta get that worked out, boys, because I want and I expect to be able to play something like this that I played so joyfully back in 2015. Congratulations to the Kansas City Royals for winning the World Series under the leadership of General Manager Dayton Moore. Mets put up a good fight with the Royals with a better team. They put the bat on the ball. They put it in play. They strike out less than anybody in Major League Baseball. They run the bases. They play small ball. They manufacture runs. And then they go out and they do the things, fundamentally speaking, that you need to do in order to win. That's why the Kansas City Royals are the champions. outs two on the best reliever in the American League against who's probably going to be the most valuable player of the American League. Round ball third. Mushnakis has got it to first. Royals win it. Royals win the series. What a finish. It's unbelievable what those boys did. It's unbelievable what they did. It's unbelievable what they did! I played on the 85 World Championship team, and I've followed these guys since spring training forever. But after watching them play the last two years, I want to congratulate them for two things. Winning the World Series in 2015 and becoming the greatest team in Kansas City Royal history. These guys are the best team ever! This group grew up together. This group won championships in double A. This group won championships in triple A. And what they wanted most was to come to this city for you fans and win a world championship for you guys. We celebrate that here today. Mayor James hit it just on the head. Kansas City's the greatest town in the world. They've got the best fans in the world, and now you have the best team in the world. Thank you for all your support. We love you. Where'd it go, Kansas City? Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for believing in us. This is all for you. Thank you so much. It's an emotional game, folks. It's an emotional game. And, um, man, I get emotional hearing that because it was, it was very, 
you don't understand, all right? They hadn't been to the playoffs in 30 years. They got to the playoffs. They didn't quite make it. They got back the next year, and they went all the way. It was so exciting for Kansas City. It was so exciting for Royals fans, and it's that's the power of sports, I think. It really can bring people together. As weird and kind of petty as that sounds, I think it's true, and and I'm going on the record. I do think, oh, God. I was so confident in saying on the record tonight that I thought the Royals would make it back to the playoffs this year. But after today's game, hell, I don't know if I can say that because the bullpen really sucked the big one. But I do believe in this team. I do believe in these players. I do, I do, I do, I do believe in spooks. I do believe in spooks. I do, I do, I do, I do. All right. You're listening to The Next Best Thing on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host, Jonathan B. Lerner, keeping you company every Monday night from 10 until midnight. We have some very exciting shows coming up. So exciting that I don't even think you're going to be able to contain yourself. Um, next week is April 10th. On April 10th, we will you'll we'll have a great show. The following week, on April 17th, live in studio, we will have Davi Santos. Davi Santos is a working actor. He has been in such things as Mr. Box Office, which was a television show starring John Lovitz. He was the Gold Ranger in the Power Rangers Dino series, which was a rendition of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Those, If you grew up in the 90s, you had to have loved the Power Rangers. He was the Gold Ranger. He's also currently working on a horror film, I believe, but he will be live in studio to chat on April 17th. The week after that, um, April, April 24th, I believe, um, I will have Tyler Lee. Tyler Lee was the lead in, on Broadway in the play, The Curious Incident of the Dog at Nighttime, at the Nighttime, something like that, very close to that title. Uh, he was the lead on Broadway for a year and a half, I think, and so we're going to talk to him about what that experience was like. He was really kind of What's interesting about Tyler Lee is, well, among other things, is that he really kind of, his story's unique in that when you look at his resume, it, it looks a lot like um, a resume that you'll see with most actors who have moved here within the past six months or something. You know, you'll see some regional stuff, you'll see a few college productions and whatnot, but you don't see the typical stepping stones like regional the national tour off Broadway. Maybe he was an extra or in this film, or maybe he was in the chorus of that Broadway thing. Maybe he was the understudy for this Broadway thing. And then bam, he's lands the lead role in a Broadway show. No, he went from college regional bam lead on Broadway. And so I want to talk to him about that, where he came from, what it was like to be plucked out of obscurity or, you know, for lack of a better term and really kind of what life has been like since the show ended, because I can tell you, when you're in a production, I mean, I was in, I was on tour for like six months tops last year. And we would, you know, the show was only an hour long. And every now and then we'd have two shows in a day. Very rarely we'd have three shows in a day. But it was exhausting, truly exhausting. And, um, and that's nothing compared to what doing a Broadway show, eight shows a week, is like I mean that was a much longer show than ours. He's his role was extremely physical, extremely demanding, 
it must have been exhausting, but I can also tell you that when you're part of a show like that, any type of show really, yes, it's exhausting, but when it ends, you know, it takes, it's not just that it takes adjusting, it is, there's really kind of a letdown. I mean, like, I always joke with friends of mine, friends that I made during this tour that I'm talking about, I'll always joke about how on tour, no one complained and no one complained and kind of made jokes about how crappy things were or whatever more than I did. And that's true. Um, you know, and it's true. And at the time there were a lot of things that I thought were, you know, kind of annoying or whatever. And yet I don't know that anyone misses it more than I do. That's the thing. It's kind of like, yeah, it's tiring. It's exhausting. There's things that bother you, but when it ends, there's a huge letdown and you feel, you know, it's hard to kind of get back in the groove of, slowing down, perhaps not having a job for a while, stuff like that. So we'll talk to Tyler Lee about what that's been like because he's, you know, it's been a much bigger scale than anything I I can think of, I can refer to, that I've experienced. And then the following week after that, on May the 1st, we will have live in studio the Gregory Brothers. The Gregory Brothers, who uh, are the the ones who started Auto-Tune the News, they're most famous for hits like the Bed Intruder song, among others. I think they actually just wrapped up a series. They had a series, I believe, on Comedy Central. I can't, you know, we'll talk to them about it, obviously. But they will be live in studio as well. So we have a lot of really awesome, exciting shows lined up for you. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to thank uh, Zara Levin. Oh, yeah. I want to thank our guests. Zara for coming on the show tonight. We really appreciated her coming on and giving a bit of her insight and feelings on the current situation. Um, all episodes of the next best thing. If you can't, if you don't catch it live, and let's be honest, most people don't because, hello, who? I mean, come on. I don't think people watch anything live, watch or listen to anything live nowadays. But that's all right because all episodes of the next best thing can be found on iTunes. They are available as podcasts. Just go to the Apple Store or, better yet, the podcast app on your iPhone. Type search for the next best thing. Click on our logo, which is, I trust you know, it has black and red lettering. And subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, write to your mother about it. Do all you can. If you you like what you hear tonight and you want to support it and help it grow, we would appreciate it and love you more than I can even say. To do that, you just go to rfb.nyc slash nbt it'll take you straight to our show page scroll down click sponsor this show and then you can pick how much you want to donate you can do a dollar a month two dollars a month three dollars a month and guess what it's tax deductible so i mean what what have you got to lose you got nothing to lose and so much to gain and you will be loved by me how could you get any better than that? You can't. You just can't. I think that's all I have for tonight. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you living because I love you. You're listening to The Next Best Thing right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Until next week, I hope everyone stays happy, stays healthy, stays engaged. Remember, folks, apathy is the enemy. Until next time, be well. See y'all later. We will always be royals, swinging for the waterfall, with our backs up against the wall, we won't